0: What is up, my friends? Welcome back to another episode of the Coworking Weekly Show. As always, I'm your host, Alex Hillman, and today we're getting a little bit heavy. Hot and heavy in here. No, not hot and heavy, just heavy. We're going to be talking about something that is pretty personal, kind of emotional, and something that I think is really difficult to talk about, but not enough people do talk about. So I asked my teammate, Sam Abrams, to come on the show and help me talk about the tail end of our move into our new location. You've been hearing me talk about this move for the better part of 15 months and you might be wondering how it went. Well, it went brilliantly up until the very last minute where things kind of went a little bit off the rails and not in a way that it really affected our members but definitely affected the way that we work as a team. And in today's episode, I want to talk a little bit about what happens when you burn out and how that affects how you interact with other people, how you work with your team, what impact it has, and the importance of being surrounded by people that are going to call you on your shit. Uh, This episode definitely takes a different tone. You might even be able to tell it in my voice right now. I'm still recovering from this burnout, but I'm very, very much looking forward to the future. So without further ado, I'd love to invite you into an intimate but very real conversation between me and Sam about what it's like when a big project in your co-working space, your community, or really anything in your life leads you to burnout, how you can recognize it, how you maybe shouldn't deal with it. This is one of those opportunities where you get to learn from what I did and do the opposite. I think there's a lot here for you, Sue. I hope you enjoy. Yesterday, I came back to Indie Hall kind of late and covered in dust. Like covered in dust, Which and I wasn't. I wasn't it's been the only happening one. Happening a lot. <laughs> that's true. That's true. It has been happening a lot. Um, we've been finishing up the, like the last of the move-out stuff at our old location. Things have been working really, really well in our new home, but we've had some surprises at our old location. Some things we had to finish up, button up, and there's been multiple days where I just came back covered in either paint or drywall dust. Uh, I I came back one night, and someone's like, you look like a mime. Like, I was just white. (laughs) I was just pure white. Um, There was no shine to my face whatsoever. And last night, we actually moved the... Panels of that giant Indy Hall mural. If you follow Indy Hall on Instagram or even the Indy Hall hashtag, you've probably seen this mural that Mike Jackson has been working on for a number of years, uh, like 16 feet wide, 20 feet tall, this huge, beautiful city skyscape that he's been filling with little characters of our members. And I said early on in the move that we were taking the mural with us.
1: Very clearly.
0: And people very quickly were like, great but how and i was like it's cool i got this i saw it happen on a tv show once which is true but that doesn't exactly mean i knew exactly how it was gonna go and it was interesting as it actually was even easier to take off the wall than i expected partly and like thanks to the crappy construction of that building <laughs> which is just kind of a riot uh. But the last step, once we had the mural taken off the wall in the three pieces, was actually moving it over to our new space and sort of setting it aside. We still have a little bit of prep work to do on it. And I went home last night and sort of breathed a sigh of relief that I think I've been holding in for like 16 months. Because that's when we started down this path of getting ready to maybe move. And... Sam, who's sitting here with me today, uh, and I were chatting about what we could share sort of on this mile marker, and it would seem like you'd want to maybe celebrate, right? And be like, we did it. We pulled it off, which is, by the way, we've done plenty of celebrating, and we will be doing a whole lot more. But in this very specific moment, there's sort of a kind of a unique opportunity to talk about something that I don't think gets talked about a lot, and that's burnout. So... I don't know, Sam, you've gotten to watch this. Like, I can talk about burnout from sort of my my own burnout from my own point of view, and I think you could do the same. Um, I'm really thankful that we've got sort of a, a really self-aware team. We're really sort of good at catching each other, being like, my brain is not working the way I know it's capable of. I need help, I need coverage. Like, we're good at that. Um, I'm curious what burnout looks like from the outside. Like, what do you see breaking down? What do you see about a a person, we can use me as an example, Uh, like demeanor changing, attitude changing, like what, what did me burning out over the last couple of months look like?
1: Well, something to point out about you is that from my impression of you, you work all the time. Um, Like, you know, coming, coming back from Indie Hall late is not unusual because you have so many different things going on. And so many different projects that you're working on all the time that, you know, you are already working at a pretty high level of Mike. Uh, oh gosh. What's the word? Multitasking.
0: <laughs> That's a good word.
1: Um, yeah. And so the thing I've noticed, at least in our team is when burnout starts to happen, there's either just a total shutdown of communication, which is a conversation we've had of, Hey, I have no idea what you're up to. I have no idea what's going on. I have no idea how I can help you because you're doing 100 different things at once. Um, And I think that's the biggest thing. And then with a shutdown of communication, there's definitely a demeanor change because I know personally when I'm not communicating, sometimes I just expect everyone to know what I want and what I need. And then you get frustrated or you kind of just sink into yourself and you communicate even less. The other thing that the reason I point out like how you do so many things is that I've noticed with burnout with you is then you take on more things, (laughs) which is guilty. I completely understand the thinking behind it. And I completely understand why in a lot of cases it is necessary because it's something that you need to be doing that you know, there's a different listening for you than there is for Adam and I in the Indie Hall community. Um, but it, it is amazing because I will realize that I've been working on something and I just have to wait on you for this thing. Or I should, I can't answer an email, but you said you would grab it and that's cool. And then I realize I'm not doing anything and you're doing a lot more things. And a lot of them are things that I could also do. So I think that, that is unusual, I think for the most part, burnout turns into kind of a sinking in of yourself, but for you, burnout is okay, I'm gonna do more, and then it you know it just feeds itself, it becomes more and more and more
0: you know I'm, I hadn't really thought about it that way, but I think you you depend something really interesting where and those two things are super intertwined, right? because for me, burnout. It takes a couple of forms, and we talked a little bit about this on an episode of the show that I recorded last summer with Adam right before we went to Africa, and I was definitely burnt out. It was a different kind of burnout. It was a less physical burnout, more of a mental burnout, um, where that was deeply rooted in a feeling of, I can't see the way forward because I'm not in control of anything. Mm-hmm. And so the way I approached that burnout in particular was I went on vacation for three weeks, completely disconnected. Sam, you stayed home here with Sean, held down the fort. We had a record-breaking July. We should probably go away more often if that's the, <laughs> the correlation. <laughs> um, but those three weeks were not just about me getting away from Indy Hall. It was about me having sort of the mental space to come back and in an environment where there legitimately wasn't structure and control to sort of invent some. Mm -hmm. And I remember for a little while I had created a schedule where I had specific times that I was working on specific things during specific days. That was sort of a twofold approach. One was it gave me some structure in my day to know what I was working on. In many ways, an illusion of control for myself, but it also created this shortcut for me to communicate. To everyone else, what I'm working on, mm-hmm. even if it's not in complete detail, it's you know that on Tuesday mornings this is where you can expect my head to be, and so if what you need is something different than that, it might be good to wait until the afternoon or the next day, unless it's an emergency. Wednesdays being meeting days, that sort of thing, which I'm still doing a pretty good job of keeping. If it's an outside request, meeting sort of gets quarantined to Wednesday. Not all the time, but but often enough, and I, I really like that. That's probably like the thing that stuck the most mm-hmm. from that period. But the thing that I didn't realize then that I'm much more aware of this time around is the amount of communication that we've had to do at each step of the way in order for this move to be successful. Which, by the way, if there was a way to quantitatively measure the success of a move of hundreds of people from one location to another, whether it was around the block or around the world, I think we did this a about as well as anybody on the planet has ever done. I'm so proud of how this went. And a big part of it was the consistent, proactive communication where we work together as a team to anticipate the things that people were thinking about, asking questions about, were wondering about, were worried about, were excited about, wanted to be a part of, and building that all into – a relatively regular rhythm of communication. We were doing mm-hmm. the weekly uh, new home happy hours where it was really, in some cases, an opportunity for me to report what's going on, to ask questions, and other cases an opportunity for people to show up and say, well, what about this? We got really good at that. And as we got closer to the move itself, and I would say like the last two or three weeks up leading up to the move, it became harder for me to be as intentional about communicating it. And I think what was happening in my head was I'd rather take on more work than I need to because it's probably just physical work than also do the emotional work of communicating and asking for help because asking for help is emotional work, Mm -hmm. especially if you intend to do a good job at it. And I don't like doing a bad job at things. Obviously, there are repercussions of that. And what's interesting is I was chatting with one of our members a couple of weeks ago and she was asking me about her own sort of journey to understand the balance between sort of the active hustle, JFDI attitude of like just go hard and get it done, which I quickly asked her, like, can we separate hustle and JFDI for a second? Maybe we should talk a little bit about that because I think they're very different things. So how do you balance that with living a more intentional, thoughtful life, creating space and time for yourself and the people around you to, like, figure out where you're actually going and work towards getting there? How do you balance those two? And in that conversation, I sort of – had never really said it out loud myself and said it to her. It was, it was useful to have that conversation to sort of get these ideas out of my head and essentially said, I don't think that either of those things in a vacuum is a very good approach. I think the most mature version is one where you can move fluidly between them, both as you and as other people around you need. Like the ability to do both is the best. And that takes practice, not just to be good at both, but the ability to switch sort of as needed. And I think for me, as I get closer to being burnt out, which again is related to that lack of control. We had a deadline that was not in my control. Mm -hmm. I had new challenges being thrown at me every day out of my control. And so I have an, I have a choice. Do I just throw myself at it and figure it out and get it done? Or do I stop? Do I pause? Do I think about how to move forward and ask for help? And in that particular time crunch part of the environment, it was way easier for me to look at it and go, I'm just going to barrel through this and probably injure myself mentally. That's what burnout is, right? It's a mental injury. I, the the thing that I'd said to Ariel that like, it was almost tough to say out loud was, I knowingly made decisions that I knew were going to burn me out. Mm-hmm. I knew exactly what I was doing. I knew it was the wrong thing to do, but I also chose to do it. And I think there's a difference between doing that and unknowingly choosing your way into burnout. Part of the reason I knowingly choos- chose my way into burnout is because I knew on the other side of the burnout that I've got the most amazing supportive team and community who I could come to and say, hey, guys, um, I'm burnt out. Yeah. And I really like I'm that break that I should have taken 4 to 6 weeks ago so that I would have been able to ask you for help. I didn't do it. My bad. But I'm going to go take that break now. Can you please help? And that's tough. Like that's real tough. Um but I think it's it's interesting how often I talk to folks who are more in your position, Sam, where you don't get to necessarily make that decision. You have a boss who's making that decision for you. Mm-hmm. Um so I think for the folks that are listening that are, that are the boss, it's super helpful to think about your team and saying, are, are you noticing a team member whose demeanor has changed? Maybe their ability to communicate is not as good as it normally is. I think you're 100% on, Sam's. like when somebody's communication abilities start to close down, it's not that they don't want to communicate with you or even they're trying to hide something. I think maybe that's the instinct. I'm not trying to hide anything. It's that I'm tired I'm literally don't have the capacity to formulate the thought to explain it how I'm really feeling, so I'm just gonna barrel forward instead.
1: So how do you once you so you chose to to burn out? Um, That
0: sounds crazy when you say it.
1: It is crazy when you say it. I mean, and I can completely understand the reasoning behind it and the situation we are in. And I think what's then important to tell listeners is that we moved and our moving day was beautiful and that weekend was amazing. It was... My my big nightmare was that, one, somebody would show up at the old space and be like, what? I didn't know. <laughs> Which I actually think didn't happen. Uh, and my other nightmare thing was that I would show up and it would be just the team and not, like, nobody else. And that we would all injure <laughs> ourselves physically and mentally trying to move every single thing in our old space over. Um, but what happened after that beautiful, wonderful moving weekend, where we then got to be open on Monday and have things work how they are supposed to work here in our new space, is that then curveball, we then had to take care of a lot of things in the old space. Um, both before our lease ended and then realizing after our lease ended that there are things that we had to take care of, but we didn't know we would need to.
0: We also had a interesting and unusual, admittedly uh, technical issue with our internet that, yeah. pulled. <laughs> that, that like, um, I'm, and if you follow me on Twitter, you've seen me rant about Comcast. So I'm going to take this opportunity to tell you this podcast is not sponsored by Comcast. Um, but they definitely ruined my move, my life, uh, My honestly, and and I'm not the kind of I, I made conscious choices, right? I can only imagine in hindsight. But had things gone differently, had we not lost five days to intermittent and very stressful Internet outages that were, again, completely out of my control. What's the thing that burns out, Alex? Being out of control
1: and keeping our members from working. So unhappy members being out of control not good.
0: It's like a perfect storm of things that ruin my day. And I think that I would have been much quicker to find ways to delegate, ask for help, and even ask members for help. And I felt, and this is one of those, I'll say these words, and the coaching that I would give myself if I was on the other side of the table, I felt like our members had already given so much to make the move successful and then on day three or four, to have the internet then make things really, really stressful around here and people lose more time to things related to the move, that I felt guilty yeah. asking for more. And I again, that's one of those, I know better and it's hard and I clearly fell into this trap. And I, I, I don't know. If I can give a piece of advice, it's like don't fall into that trap. Um, but like recognize it. That was that was I I made the conscious decision to to let myself burn out so that I could recover before the move. The post move stuff was way less intentional. Yeah, and that was sort of circumstantial, but very very possible in in, even in a smaller scenario than you know a large operational move. It could be a smaller change in the community. It could be uh, you know a new initiative. It could be uh, a a a new team, it could be changing team members, it could be a slow season. Like all kinds of things can change that are out of your control that will make you sort of shut down and kind of freak out and not want to ask for help. And this is just one of many, many variations of that. Uh and and I think I our number one advice that we give ourselves as a team, we remind each other is like ask the members, ask the members. And I felt incorrectly felt this was not the right time to ask the members when in reality I should have absolutely should have been asking a whole lot more.
1: I think that feeling of guilt also comes from the burnout because just like shutting down becomes magnified when you're burned out. Uh, having that introspective self blame, getting really in your head, worrying too much. Uh, we're a team that is very conscious of how we work And what's working and what's not working? And how do I personally take responsibility for things that are happening? And that's why I think our community is so successful is because it's not just us that take personal responsibility for how things happen around here. It's our community. And when you're burnt out, that also gets magnified. So the personal responsibility turns from, oh, Comcast is making things very difficult to... This is my fault that my people can't get work done.
0: And what's interesting, uh, you're right on the money again, where I generally operate with such clarity of mind to be able to separate those two things, but in burnout you can't.
1: Nope.
0: You can't. It's it, To think that I could, to have even have expected myself to, it's impossible. Um, so I think it's it, it's a remarkable amount of work. I think people massively underestimate how even when it is... You know people would say, "Oh, you, you know, it's in your DNA, right? Like there's certain things that make me me and you, Sam and and Adam and Sean, and like our, we're a team that absolutely plays the strengths, and the strengths that we have are the strengths that make us really, really good.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What's interesting is that it's still a lot of work.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it's still
0: a lot of work, especially when these are things that require a lot of emotional attention, a lot of listening. Uh, a lot of listening for things that aren't actually being said, Mm -hmm. uh, trying to decipher what people actually mean. People will ask for one thing or ask a question instead of asking what they really want. And this is not to point the finger or blame anybody. I think it's just the realities of communicating. And the more change is present, the more variables are present, the more stuff, again, for all of the out of control that I felt, I was probably the most in control person because I knew – the most about all the things that were going on, mm-hmm. I made it my job to relay that to you and Adam as best as I could so that you could share that as best as you could. But a lot of stuff still came down to me, again, because it became increasingly difficult for me to wrap my head around all the things that I actually knew and communicate them in a clear way. Uh, so the the amount of out-of-control that I felt It would be interesting if we were to talk to a random sampling of members while overwhelmingly I think people were very, very happy with the move. They were very, very happy with the amount of communication, the clarity of the communication, here's how it's going to go, the amount of expectations that we were able to set up front. We got a lot of compliments from Mm -hmm. our community about how smoothly this went. I would be willing to bet a couple of dollars that if people were asked to point out an element of the move that stressed them out. It was way less to do with anything related to the the physical move and more to do with uncertainty about knowing how something was going to happen or where something was going to happen. Or
1: even where things are going to go. I mean, stuff as simple as that and that's what's been coming up the last couple weeks since we've been here is, well, where is this going to go? Where's this chair going to go? Is there going to be a couch here? Where will the desks go? Um, And that, is so small and it makes such a huge difference to our members and how they work. So let's, um, let's get a little more tactical cause we have the circumstances. Sure. Um, so where we were a couple weeks ago is, uh, we had moved. So we've been here about four weeks. You were in burnout. We were in some burnout because I mean, we moved. It, it was a lot of work. It was beautiful and it was a lot of work. Comcast was being difficult on top of figuring things out with our old landlord and figuring out what we need to do to be complete with our old space. And where I think the turning point was, was, um, I forget exactly which day it was, but there was something where you were over in the old space, it was hard to get a hold of you because I think you were literally drilling things out of the walls and things like that. You were not on your computer, you're not on your phone. And Adam and I were like, something is wrong here because we did a, oh, it was the day after the happy hour. We did a happy hour in the old space to say our final goodbye, reminisce, share stories. Um, I got really sad about the downstairs bathroom. That was kind of a strange (laughs) thing because that was like the first place when I came in the first day and was like, I went to the bathroom. The door was covered in a Godzilla book uh, and I was like, oh. This is going to be great. And that like I had a I had all the feelings about that. But setting up for the happy hour was weird and confusing and no one was calling the ball and that's not how we work. Adam had to record his podcast. I was running around being like, I never get, I'm never the one to get beer. How do I get beer? What? How does this work? Uh, we were over there helping you do all kinds of stuff just to make it presentable for our members because, you know, anyone who's moved knows that the remnants are a little bit of a disaster area. And you had said, I could use some help over here. And we were like, okay, cool. We'll come. We have like these three things, blah, 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 blah. But something wasn't landing in. I need help because I have to do this whole list of things and Adam and I got together and and talked and I said that was terrible. I felt so angry because I had no idea that there was this much to do just to get ready for this happy hour. I had no idea that we needed all of these different things and that you weren't going to be there to help and Sean had his stuff going on and had appointments and things like that, and I was trying to get a new member to go to lunch with me, and so I couldn't come over until after that and stuff like that, where something was missing, and that was the day. The day after that happy hour was when we sat you down. We're like, stop. What do we need to be doing? This
0: was a legitimate <laughs> intervention. They had set up the conference room that we're recording in right <laughs> it was now. In this room, they were like, get in the conference room okay (laughs) and then basically you basically drug out of me a plan
1: yeah and it it was weird because you know speaking of the emotional aspect of burnout was i think it was one of the first times i saw you defensive um which was fine because we were like we'll just stay here (laughs) this this will be fine um and yeah and so what we came out with was okay, there is way too much for one person to be doing in this old space. There is this internet thing that I don't know how to fix and Adam doesn't know how to fix and you are really the only person to play hardball with the Comcast people because that's how they know you. So it was putting these two very large things that would usually just cause burnout on their own because they're out of your control put together all at the same time. So... No wonder
0: I was unhappy.
1: No wonder. (laughs) Uh, And I think you had to go away for a weekend. (laughs) I
0: was going to a wedding. Which is a
1: good thing. Um, so, So let's talk about what happened after that conversation. We reached out to the community and it was, I think, not super precise of like, here are the specific times we could use help. The one time we were very specific our schedule changed and then we didn't need help painting during that particular day. And so that I think was the first big example of me working here where I was like, Oh, Hey, this is how people say, Oh, I've communicated and it didn't work. This is what happens. And I think it was just from total lack of specificity, which was the situation we were coming in before. So how was it for you after that point?
0: Yeah, no, I want to go back to something you just said about, you know, And I'm hoping for for folks that are listening that this is a a great example of, like, nobody's perfect. Like, I'm going to go on the record and say that we're among the best in the world at this, and we screw up. Because we're human, because things happen, and we're allowed to. But I think what the reason we're as good at this as we are is not because we've never screwed up before. It's because we did what you just said, which is I looked at this and I go, oh, that's what people talk about when things like this go wrong. We didn't do the thing that we always do and we know works we ignored it or we were lazy or we rushed it or we didn't call the ball or some combination of all those things. And lo and behold, the result is exactly what other people are used to. Meanwhile, we're not. Right. So I think things started to smooth out a little bit mm-hmm. after that conversation. It's still been, I think that the, the remaining anxiety for me Um, And I think for us, too, is sort of been this like, are we still doing this? Yeah.
1: (laughs) Like, is this still is this are you serious? A
0: month. month. We moved a month ago and I'm still over in that old space every day doing something that I don't want to do that. I'm not really supposed to have to do. But because I'm consistent of character and I have the integrity that I have, if I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to fucking do it. And that can be wielded as a weapon as well, for sure. And I think I've come up against that a couple of times. But I think the big thing that changed in that moment, that intervention, was I was reminded that I have a team that cares. I have a team that supports me, a team that will stop me in my own tracks, even if I don't want to be stopped, and say, you need to open your mouth, son, and talk about what's going on. Um, I think we're still recovering. I think we're still working on getting back to our old selves calling the ball yep doing our best work not just reacting and i think that what's interesting and one of the things i'm very excited about as again last night we sort of symbolically moving the mural being the very last piece is kind of poetic and you know me i'm a romantic like that but for that to be done marks something very special oh for that to be done and for yesterday to have us have had not quite closure but the first very positive sign of resolution from uh our good friends at comcast uh working with some of their most senior technical people to really understand a very very confusing problem um and we'll we'll have more to talk about that in the future (laughs) but almost on the exact same day This long, drawn-out, are we seriously still dealing with this? Are we still out of control? Those two things seem to finally be back in control. And I today literally feel so much better. So, so much better. And this afternoon, we did a little bit of sketch for a little event we're going to be hosting tomorrow. Actually, a pair of events that... Something that we've done together as a team, I've done with smaller groups within Indie Hall, an exercise that if you've been to one of my workshops, you may have been through as well, sort of around getting away from the tactical reactive stuff and sort of resetting about what am I working towards in the first place? And I think the, the moral of the story and all of this burnout and all of the things that even brought us sort of closer back to center, um, as, as we're still making our way there right now, is when you spend all of your time reacting, that is the clearest indicator that if you're not out of control, you feel out of control. Mm-hmm. And the first thing you can do is change that you feel out of control and realize that you can choose what you work on next, even if it doesn't feel that way. Uh, and if if you literally can't choose what to do next, then you need to do some work to rearrange your time, your schedule, your attention, your your workflow. There's a lot of different ways to approach that. And I've talked about a couple of them. Um, but th- the same reset that I need, I think the community kind of needs as well. Um, some people more than others. Some people are just like bliss, totally blissed out in the new space. They're like, everything's amazing. And that's great. I'm warm
1: enough. Uh, Yeah, like,
0: like things are really good in the new space. But there's also a fair bit of things that are uncertain. And I think that's where the remainder of the are we still doing this kind of anxiety is coming from is that uncertainty. And the thing about Indy Hall, and we've talked about this on the podcast before, is that there's very little here that's certain. And that's kind of on purpose. So the question, again, becomes how do you create enough certainty in an environment where there really isn't any for people to feel confident and comfortable and willing to be open and communicate and all those things that are hard to do when you're spending all your energy just worrying and reacting and all those things so my goal for the next couple of days and then us as a team over the next couple of months i think is going to be to really refine the north star Mm-hmm. right i think about my job here at Indy hall is not doing all of those stupid things that i was doing that were letting me people bur- aren't burnt out you know it's not the comcast stuff it's not painting and cutting drywall it's not, there's lots of things i'm capable of and i'm happy to do but my job the reason i'm here is to point to the north star that this community has either explicitly or implicitly agreed this is why i'm here like you sam and adam do a great job of explaining why indie hall exists people come in for a tour it's not a tour of the space it's sort of an orientation to that north star and people get to choose whether or not they like that north star as well and yes i want to come here and be a part of moving towards that together even if it's in very small ways or very big ways and we get to see all of those and sometimes people that come in for the small ways end up doing big ways and, and vice versa um What's interesting, though, is that means my job is often to point to the North Star and remind people where the North Star is. And sometimes to calibrate and be the one to ask the question, that's still our North Star, right? And I think we're at that point, not where we need like a massive reboot. This could be like a fraction of a degree calibration if we're still using astronomy terms here. It's about being able to ask the question, like, where are the people in our community? Like, what do they want?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Out of life, out of their profession, out of their peers, out of their days, out of the work that they do, the communities they're a part of. Like Indie Hall is just one tiny slice of most people's lives. In some cases, it's a little, uh, like I feel very fortunate that it's as big of a tiny slice as it is. But in the grand scheme of things, like this is a very tiny slice of people's lives. So it's in our best interest to figure out what else is going on in other people's lives, where they want to be headed. And Give people an opportunity to share that with each other, not just for us to listen, but for other people to listen where their co-workers are and want to head and things like that. And I'm, I, f- I feel something really good. Like, I haven't felt something really good in a while and I really need it. That's the, <laughs> that's, that's the honest truth. But I, this is super, super genuine. Um, I feel so excited to know that we get to have this conversation because we've spent a year and a half where every conversation has been tactical, even the strategic conversations have been a, have been tactical, and everything has been in service of the move. Everything has been in service of the move, and guess what? We fucking moved. Yeah, we did it. We're done. Ish. It's never done. And now the ability to be like, I, f- I feel like this is so- this is sort of like this is the recalibration that when companies go through major changes acquisitions or when people go get new jobs or people move to a new city don't always afford themselves i think even people that join indy hall don't always afford themselves an opportunity to like take a step back and be like what am i here for again Mm -hmm. and i'm excited not just to see what result this has on the day-to-day vibe in the room how we work together as a team the things that we end up working towards over the next 6 to 12 months 24 months or longer Uh, uh, like that's that is the ability to plan strategically for the long term rather than just react to a near-term deadline is where we do our best work Mm -hmm. and i'm just so friggin' pumped to create that stage like it's there's so much that we don't have to do once the stage is created i think that's what's that's why this feels right and why it feels real is because every time and the example you gave with the move before is perfect is like we set the stage for the move to happen and then our community came together and did exactly what we talked about and Mm -hmm. it worked flawlessly but it meant getting on the same page stage as it were um so so i'm i'm pumped that's a that's a, a next step that i'm very interested to even see in a couple of days to next week how things change and improve and what we're excited about. Like this is weird. Other other than what I just described, I don't know what to be excited about. <laughs> so like in the same way that our community doesn't really know what comes next, I don't know what comes next, which can be exciting. But also like I I, I am definitely in that. I'm not sure what to, it's not that I don't know what's going to happen next. It's I don't know what to be excited about. Mm-hmm. And there are already great things happening. Like the Girl Scouts coming here last night was, um, and we're going to have Lancey come on the show soon and talk about the process of what it's like to launch a Girl Scout troop in a city where the downtown really doesn't have any Girl Scout troops and how that's going to play out. This literally uh, an Indy Hall Girl Scout troop, which is like, um, like my brain's exploding. <laughs> and the possibilities of that and um, for the, the local leaders of the Girl Scouts of America to be able to come here and see and understand what we're about and be excited about w- what we can do together. It's just like that if that's an even beginning of an indicator of what is coming soon, the kinds of things that we can do, um, you know, the space, the move wasn't just about changing locations. I think it was about leveling up.
1: Yeah. And that was something I was going to say is that Indie Hall's been around for almost 10 years. Over 10 years now. Over 10 years now. And to expect that there wouldn't be a level up, there wouldn't be a readjustment of the North Star is ridiculous. Like, we have to figure out what, What's coming next?
0: Yeah. So I think leveling up, I think what's going to be interesting about this next chapter of Indie Hall is I think we're going to be having a lot of conversations about leveling up. Uh, we're still going to talk about the practical, tactical, and strategic, op- you know, how we get things done. But I think we're going to be able to share a lot more stories of not just here's how to bring people together in a room and have them happily coexist, but, you know, we talk about thriving. We've had episodes about the science behind people thriving. Like I'm super, super excited to have more and more examples of people, not just coming here to be productive, but people coming here and doing something entirely to a new level. Not that they actually do something new, but like new level. Like I didn't know I was capable of that. I already feel like we're on the cusp of being able to see that it's already starting to happen. It'll be very, very fun to observe and report back over the next few months.